Hey there, thanks so much for tuning in to the City Light Church podcast. We're so honored you've joined us. We hope that today's podcast brings you hope, encouragement, and most of all, adds value to you in your walk with Jesus Christ. We long to see people grow from where they are closer to where God desires them to be, and it's our hope that this podcast is an essential element in that process for you. So grab a pen, your Bible, and a journal, and let's dive into today's message. You can, uh, if you want to be standing, you can be standing. If you want to be seated, you can be seated. Middle school, you can be released if you can. Band, stay with me just a minute. Thank you, bud. Praise Jesus. What you're experiencing here this morning is is intimacy. Intimacy with the perfect Father makes all things that are impossible possible. The the reason this is uncomfortable for a lot of people, I mean, there's a there's a city full. 60,000 plus there's a, a, a scant amount of people in this room but there are very few people that if we dip them in this atmosphere this this gathering this worship atmosphere they would feel really comfortable most people were raised in a very um, controlled very structured form of religion uh, Christianity and our worship gatherings are very structured and orderly. We've got places to go and things to do. We have theology to teach. And when you get into an atmosphere like this, we are literally taking the oars out of the water and, and drifting, saying, Holy Spirit, carry us. Where do, you, where do you want to go? And by virtue of that, it makes a lot of people uncomfortable. Because you say, well, Pastor Ken, how do you know what to say or do? I don't. I'm drifting with you. I'm in the boat with you. We're just going down the river having a great time. But doesn't it feel good? It just, wow, man, that's just like, wow, just. The Song of Solomon is the, uh, the rated R book in the Bible, okay? If you, if you haven't read that and you're married, you might want to read that with your spouse. It's a love story. It's a love story of we see Jesus, we see the Holy Spirit and Father God kind of in this with us chasing us. It's a call for closeness. It's a call for intimacy. Chapter 2, verse 10, just says, My beloved spoke and said to me, Rise up, my love my fair one and come away with me it's a beautiful book of, of, of a calling for closeness and intimacy and I, I think one of the problems we have in western culture church is we've lost intimacy in our worship and so what's happened is there's all of these things going on in this culture and we 
as I'll speak to the men, we as men have been baptized in the culture. And so the culture has baptized us into this image of what a man looks like. And so we take our identity based on that instead of the scriptures. As the father, the perfect, the perfect father has created us and given us a DNA. This is why it's so important to understand your identity in Christ, who you are. So you recognize when you're operating outside of the DNA of your perfect father. Uh, James 4 and 8, the New Testament version of, of the Old Testament calling unto you, James would say it like this, draw nigh to God and he'll draw nigh to you. He's calling out for closeness. He's calling out for intimacy. He's saying, if you will just desire to be next to him, he'll come running for you. If you could just turn off K-Country in the morning and just sit quietly in that truck and just call out to him and say, Lord, would you come near to me? Would you come near to me? I want to be close to you. Holy Spirit begins to move in. See, the problem we run into is that we're not always comfortable when the Holy Spirit comes in the room. But actually, it was the prayer of Jesus that you be one with the Holy Spirit. Do you know why a lot of churches don't like the moving of the Holy Spirit? And we're interdenominational. So in here, if you're uh, Methodist or Presbyterian or Lutheran, you probably recognize there's probably some Pentecostals, right? It's not, I mean, it's not hard to recognize the Pentecostals. They stand out and tell you, here I am. Here I am. This is me. This is who I am. And you guys that are Baptists and, and Methodists, you've been r- raised in those cultures. You're so, you're so uh, understanding to allow the, no, really, the culture just to be where people are. And of course, the Pentecostals are very, um, you're very sensitive too, to um, those around you. And so this is the necessity for intimacy, though. Because when you come into the presence of God, you're going to find some things about Him that is not like you. That, but that never stops. Like I, I would, I would like to say to you guys, you know, one day, if you'll just press into Jesus and you'll just read your Bibles and you'll pray and fast every now and then, you could be like myself and and Miss Paula. I mean, we wear, I wear a three-piece suit at night. Right? She wears a white gown and we sleep in heavenly realms, right? And and we we float around our house and never never do I make her angry or she makes me angry. That never happens, right? Frustrated, whatever the word we use. That's not reality, right? Because we're human and every time we get in the presence of God, the angels cry, holy, 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 and they look up, holy, holy, holy. And they bow and they look up and they get a new vision of who God is. And he's like a, he's like a diamond in the light. You know, as you turn a diamond, you just keep seeing different lights, shafts of lights and beauty in that diamond. And that's the way he is. No matter how close you get, no matter where you are in life, if you'll draw into him, you'll see another facet of him and you'll go, oh, I'm not like that. 
but it's your DNA. He's your perfect father. Jesus said it this way. Watch this. John 17, 22 and 23. You guys take a break. Give me 10 minutes and come back. I want you guys to breathe for a minute. This is what he said. And the glory which you gave me. This is Jesus. He's praying for you. Say he's praying for me. And the glory which you gave me, I have given them that they may be one just as we are one. This is the, uh, verse 22 is this, um, there's this law of what we call the law of interpenetration when something is inside, woven inside of it in such a way that it's become one now. And verse 23 says, I in them and you in me, he's still praying to the perfect father, that they may be made perfect in me or in one. And that the world may know that you have sent me and I have loved them as you have loved me. This scripture Jesus is praying is a cry for intimacy. It's a cry for intimacy with his perfect father. And it's a cry for intimacy with you, with the perfect father. And it's a cry for intimacy with you, with each other. That we could build such a, a place, a well that we migrate to, that at that well, you and I can allow each other in intimacy to actually be seen. To actually hear the heart. And so we recognize for a moment, we let our guard down and we recognize in each other the struggle points we have because we've been in the presence of God. We recognize his perfection, his holiness, and then we get in the presence of each other and we hear each other talk out of our hearts, amen, and we recognize our limitations and our weaknesses. And then the greatest hurdle of all, we humbly begin to pray for one another. And you allow someone to pray for your weakness. And it frustrates you that it is in fact a weakness. And that they identified it. That's when you've really gotten to a place where you're intimate. And as Jesus prayed for, that they would be one. And Paul said it like this. But we all with unveiled faces behold as in a mirror the glory of the Lord and being transformed into the same image from glory to glory just as by the Spirit of the Lord. Jesus prayed that. And the glory, verse 22, which you gave me, I have given them. I have given it to them. The glory. The Greek word there is doxa. That I have been given from the Father. He's saying, I'm giving you that glory. Jesus was glorified on the cross. He was glorified in the life of his disciples. And that glory has been passed down. And Paul says, it is moving us from glory to glory, from experience to experience. Jesus said, he has given us this so that we would be perfect. That's what he said. I'm just reading it. That they may be made perfect. Perfect in one. In one body, 
we would find a place of intimacy with the Father and with each other that we could be made perfect. Isn't that amazing? That Jesus is coming back for a bride without spot, wrinkle, blemish, uh-oh, bump, bruise, stain, whatever. He's coming back for a perfect bride. He is granting to us his glory so that the world would believe in the son's divine mission. He is granting us this, that we would be made perfect, but watch, our neighbors would understand the divine mission and glory of Jesus because of your life, because of what God has done in you, because of your understanding and revelation of who the perfect father is. And that the world would sense God's love for believers in this deep, intimate, and lasting way. His love without measure to you for each other. Think about that. That this place we were just worshiping him in the, in the spirit before the throne room. Sensing his love. Sensing him saying, come in. Come in. That love channels into us and begins to push out things in us that are not like him and it allows us to then allow that same love to go out towards one another even though things in you might not look like they're in him I'm patient while he pushes it out of you and resist the urge to do it myself amen Come on, guys, punch your wife. Say see there baby stop, stop fighting the urge let the Holy Spirit do the work you can't do the work Ladies, I'm just kidding a little bit. <laughs> what is intimacy? Well, the title of today's message, if you're looking at version or what have you, or wherever we got it, is In To Me See. You don't have intimacy if there's arenas of your life that you're guarding. Uh, okay, now let's, uh, you're thinking probably uh, in the natural. Intimacy um, has nothing to do with sex. We did release the middle schools, right? <laughs> oh, okay. Intimacy um, has nothing to do with sex. Um, we have perverted sex in the Western culture. We have perverted it around the world. And, and it wasn't just in our culture, our like 20th century Humanity in general, when you study history, has perverted this place of sexual intimacy. Intimacy, intimacy means when you have intimacy that there is no arena of your heart that someone in context of the spirit that the Holy Spirit does not have access to go in and speak about. So you may have an arena of your heart that is a guarded place that you say, I allow the Holy Spirit to come in. I allow the Holy Spirit to convict me of, of you know, how the words I use and how I talk and, and what have you. But, but there's a place in my heart where I've been wounded. I'm not going to allow God to go in there. Then you don't have intimacy. Into me, see, I want you to have full revelation of who I am and have access to every closet, every bookshelf. I want you, God, to have a voice in every department and category of my life. 
And the moment you do that, the moment you open up the vaults, the moment you open up the closets and the doors, you don't have the responsibility to go in there and take that one thing and hide it. He already knows it's there. And he still loves you. How many of you know God's in a good mood today? Amen. He's really in a good mood. He's really happy. He, he knows your brokenness. He knows your closets. He knows what you got in the shoebox under the bed. He knows. And he still loves you. But he won't go in there and take it out. He's waiting for the invitation for you to escort him in and say, what about this thing back here that nobody knows about? Lord, this thing right here is not like you and it's coming between us because I'm carrying shame into your presence to worship you and shame has blocked me from an experience with you. It's blocked me from hearing you. It's blocking me from experiencing fully God. Genesis 3.10. So he said, I heard your voice in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. Adam and Eve hiding from the presence of God. Intimacy is bare it is naked. It is transparent. And we guard ourselves from areas in our spirit from the voice of the Lord out of what I feel like in this verse really encapsulates it. I was ashamed and I was afraid. I was ashamed and I was afraid. Fear and shame are the primary agents the enemy uses. To keep us out of the presence of God, our perfect Father. Fear and shame. Fear could be everything from, I, I don't, I'm not used to this um, type of worship, and I'm, I'm scared. Is this, is this right or is this wrong? Shame could be, I can't let my guard down as a man, lift my hands, I can't cry, I can't get on my knees, I can't, listen. Shame won't just guard you from a, a, an exuberant worship life and, and a manifestation. I'm not saying to raise your hand is, is all godliness. I'm saying that if the Holy Spirit's provoking into you a desire to throw your hands up and worship him with all of your strength, sing unto him, and you are guarding and you feel I'm ashamed to let somebody else see me worship God or I'm ashamed of what I did last year or two years ago or whenever, that thing, God wants it out of the way so that he can come between you and him, that he can come in and manifest his glory in you. He wants it out. It's in the way. It's stopping from getting to know you. I think sometimes we get used to this. I want to ask the worship team and the band to come back. I think sometimes we, we get used to this um, uh, Lack of intimacy in this world. And this becomes normal. Normal for our worship life. Normal for our marriage. Normal for our friendships. That we just anticipate a certain measure of guardedness. 1 John 4.18 says, There is no fear in love. But perfect love casts out fear. 
because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. Did you get that? Jesus said it this way in verse 23 of John 17. I in them and you in me that they may be made perfect in one. This pursuit of intimacy that happens between a husband and a wife. It looks like we serve each other. We forgive each other. We listen to each other. We hold each other. We praise each other. We yield to each other. We treat each other. This pursuit of man to God, of intimacy, is it looks like prayer. It looks like worship. It looks like gathering together. It looks like studying and meditating on Scripture. It looks like fasting. It looks like waiting on him. This is the, the pursuit of intimacy. When our pursuit of intimacy or to hear our spouse, hold our spouse, love our spouse, when our pursuit of intimacy has been broken, when our pursuit of God, of praying unhindered and worshiping unhindered and gathering and studying the word unhindered, desiring to do these things, when it has been, uh, when fear has come in, when there's been a brokenness, then it cannot naturally lead to a byproduct. The byproduct of what it looks like to be in a rich relationship. For a husband and wife, it's in a deep emotional bond. It's mental support. Girl, I don't know how you stay with him. I'd have been gone long ago. Because she's mentally bonded. There's a byproduct of intimacy that has built a bond that says, I am emotionally bonded. I'm immensely bonded to this. The byproduct looks like comfort. I will stay in your grieving. I will stay in your brokenness to comfort you till joy returns. The byproduct of intimacy, husband and wife, the byproduct of intimacy with man and God are spiritual gifts. It's him and you colliding, his spirit leaving you with treasures, with goodness and good things. It looks like spiritual fruit in your life. You cannot say that you have intimacy with the Father and there is no spiritual fruit being born in your life. I, I believe we're coming into a day where God's calling people back to holiness and righteousness. And I'm not talking about your hairline or your hemline. <laughs> I'm talking about something else. The spiritual fruit being born in your life, this agape love flowing in and through this church, this unconditional agape love that looks like a manifestation of everything but greed. We give away our time. We're giving things away. We, we are loving each other through this manifestation of love. Grace, acceptance. You feel God's grace. Even though you know you're not perfect. Even though you know you're not complete. You're in that pursuit of perfection that Jesus prayed for you. You feel the acceptance. You feel the identity with the Father. 
you begin to think, this is not how my perfect father acts. Well, that's not who I am. And your DNA starts changing. How many of you know about neuroplasticity? Oh, this, this power of the brain to rewire itself and, ch and create channels of thinking that says, my perfect father's not out of control. He's not an angry man. My perfect father's in complete control. I refuse to get out of control. It's not who I am. It's not my DNA. It's not who God created me to be. And my perfect father is not wired that way. And I'm not wired that way. And you just start rethinking who you are. I'm not. Hey, wait a minute. You can't just rewire yourself. You know your great granddaddy had an anger issue. And your granddaddy did. And your daddy does. So you know you do. You just get it naturally. Stop fighting. It's just who you are. No, it's not who I am. My perfect father doesn't have an anger issue. I'm rewiring my thinking to come into alignment with what he said. So the manifestation of all of this is power. Come on and stand with me. The manifestation of all this is power. I want to continue this next week. I just realized last two weeks after I preached for an hour and a bunch of time that I can never get done. So I might as well stop when I feel like the Lord's saying, that's enough. Power. Power. Men's prayer meeting on Monday nights, 5 o'clock, 5 to 6. Don't come if you're shy. Don't come if you get scared easy. These are warriors. Come if you want to. Uh, enter through the office door. These are guys that are storming the gates of hell, taking back authority. These are guys that are uh, praying and listening to the voice of the Lord, dreams, visions, interpretations, prophetic words. Don't get scared. If you, don't, you don't have to come if it's, that's too much for you. If it sounds exciting, you're probably going to like it. A few weeks back, we were talking about what's the Lord saying, what's the Lord saying. And I said, the Lord's saying, go after his power, go after his power. And the Lord began to take me on a journey. Power, power. When a, a police officer pulls his weapon and points that gun at you, that's a manifestation of power, right? But you don't just take an individual off the streets, put a uniform on them, put a gun in their hand and say, okay, you're a policeman. There's a preparation. Because what a lot of people don't realize is that there are laws that bind them just like they do you. And these men and women, by the way, have the hardest job in America right now. Second, probably to teachers. Or teachers second to them. But the point is that they have to prepare themselves for that power. And that they go through an academy and they go through different acts and different walks and different uh, training to be prepared to use power. And as I'm praying, Holy Spirit, we want power, we want power. The Lord began to reveal to me there's a preparation that came before the power. Acts chapter 2, the day of Pentecost, they were all together, right? There was power manifested. What happened before that? The Lord began to speak to me about returning the body 
back to intimacy. And, and that's where I'm going to finish up next week is that we're going back to the upper room for an encounter of intimacy with the Father. Because the fire doesn't have an agenda to burn stuff. It's just its nature. If you take gold mixed with trash and you stick it in the fire, guess what happens? The gold melts, becomes pure before the fire, and the trash leaves. Usually in the form of a vapor. Gone. The agenda of the Holy Spirit, fire. Come on, I'm closing with this. You need to preach for me. Help me close. The agenda of the Holy Spirit is not just to get rid of your sins. The byproduct is that stuff's going to burn up. When you get in His presence, the effect is purity. Purity. That's what we want, His holiness. He's calling us back to holiness and intimacy. Father, we worship you. We're going to leave you the way you encountered us with worship on our lips. We praise you, Lord. We exalt you, Lord. Lord, we call this house to a time of intimacy. I call these men to begin to pursue intimacy with you. And that will deepen the intimacy they desire with their wives. Intimacy in the spirit will begin to remove the shame and the fear and the boundaries of intimacy and the emotion and in the mind. Amen. Well, we hope that this message has brought you hope and encouragement and it was just what you needed for today. If you're joining us today and we can partner with you in prayer in any way, it would be our honor. Please reach out to us by visiting our website, mycitylight.org. And lastly, if the Holy Spirit has laid it on your heart to give today, you can do that by visiting mycitylight.org and go to the giving tab or text any amount to 84321. Be blessed.